Guten Tag, meine Damen und Herren. Hi, welcome to Card Marks. What's going on, Justice? Bonjour. <laughs> Alrighty, so as a bit of a make good, because I tricked my friend on the last episode, uh, we are actually going to be talking about our most underrated and overrated WrestleMania matches today. But before we get to that, uh, is there anything you want to get off your chest? So we are still from this recording that we are, this is pre WrestleMania 37, 38, bud. 38. <laughs> Uh, time is a flat circle. Play WrestleMania 38, and I did want to say that of uh, many things that we, uh, we talked about last week on matches that I might be looking forward to on the card, and there are a few that I am looking forward to, um, I, but I am most happy about this WrestleMania that Shad Gaspard is being recognized with the Warrior Award, which is complex of a situation in and of itself, to say the least, but Shad Gaspard is being recognized by the company uh, for his heroism, in which he passed away a couple years ago, basically saving his son's life, a real-life superhero. And by all accounts, a really good dude. Uh, do you have a personal favorite memory of Shaq Gaspard on your television? I was a big fan of Crime Time. I quite like Crime Time all the bit. And I really like Shad because he was the more towering of the two. Although JTG has, until this day, I still claim the best sling blade in all of wrestling called he, the Shout Out. He had one of the better movesets in every game he was in. Oh, yeah. Having gone back to watch like Crime Time stuff, like following his passing, the vignettes they did even before their matches... Before they started appearing in res- regular wrestling TV and wrestling themselves, the vignettes they did at the start where they would you know, run up on people, take their money and crack jokes in front of a camera and stuff like that. That stuff is still really hilarious. And their chemistry is one of the, some of the best that I've ever seen. My personal favorite with Crime Time was the segment that happened with William Regal. That is oh. my favorite one. Where he just starts raising his shoulders and doing jazz hands. And he's, got, <laughs> he's got the cockeyed hat. Crime Time's amazing. William Regal's amazing. So when you put them together, it's like chocolate and peanut butter. Oh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's, Rhesus! It's, it's, it's so good. They had a couple of those. With like, the, like the one they had with Randy Orton and Edge as well. And Maria. Oh man, uh, I don't remember that one. What happened? Basically... <laughs> as i recall either it was either edge or Orin, i can't remember which but one of them basically came in and basically they had the chris nowinski and uh d-lo segment where they're basically just kind of like you know basically i'm down with the brothers kind of a deal <laughs> <laughs> and from the two whitest guys in the whole roster they just they just were so charismatic man they had so much fun and it it shined through the tv and even after watching some of their matches post then when they're working on the independence together, they put over a lot of talent and it was really, really cool. And Shad still looked like an absolute beast. But yes, uh, Shad Gaspar being honored by WWE is tremendous and one of the better things that I've seen them do in a long while. So I'm very happy for this. There's a lot of people that wanted it to be renamed after Sha- the award to be renamed after Shad Gaspar for plenty of reasons that you can read on the internet why people aren't so fond of Ultimate Warrior. I do feel like just them acknowledging and honoring Shad and the life that he had, I, I can appreciate that. I can also appreciate that. And you had mentioned that people wanted them to change the award name. Even worse people defended the Warrior. <laughs> yeah. You, you know who you are and you know you suck. Yeah. So, Justice, uh, well, I'm going to toss it over to you. What is your first most overrated match in WrestleMania? I will say the most overrated match for me, personally. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. I'm going to get a lot of heat. The Boneyard match at WrestleMania 36. Ooh. Explain yourself. What I will say at the start is this. The 2020 pandemic caused a whole stir of things, and they were trying to make sure that they still provided a show for the fans for that WrestleMania. 
and what they decided to do, the actions that they did to create the Boneyard match itself. The production pulling together within the short period of time that they did to create that match and that match work as well as it did is nothing short of incredible. The fact that the match exists in and of itself is a miracle. It's fantastic in that sense. The reason I have it on the most uh, most overrated list is mainly not even something to do with fan perception. It's more of like WWE's perception of that match. Because in most recent WrestleMania list of like top WrestleMania moments and matches, it seems to crack the top of the list on a lot of those. For me, watching the Boneyard match, my feelings were, oh yeah, this is fun. But I could never quite shake the feeling in my head of, we're trying to work around The Undertaker. I could never quite shake that feeling, unfortunately. And that's not necessarily the match's fault. It's more of a thing, a comment on me. But watching the match itself and there's segments of it that do kind of drag on and things like that. And there's bits of it that don't quite make a lot of sense, but it's in the world of wrestling. So you kind of have to... You want to talk about my wife? You talking about my wife? (laughs) You want to keep talking about my wife, AJ? He must have says that like five times throughout the course of the whole thing. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of repeat lines. There's a uh, because they're obviously going off the cuff, and the whole thing with the Drugs is cool. But then you're like, wait, they're fighting who again? So wait, they fight the Undertaker? Oh wait, are this? Wait, shouldn't they be fighting Gals and Anderson? And then that whole thing, which again, cool. It's just one of those things where I feel like it probably could have been cleaned up a little bit, and if it had been, it'd have been great. It's not on my top 10 WrestleMania moments on top all-time list. And that's where I think the overrated aspect comes in for me because I know some people would rate it that and the, the WWE sells raise it in like their top WrestleMania moments. But for me personally, I thought it was a really, really good match. And what they accomplished in that vacuum was incredible. It's just not exactly that top tier for me. I, I absolutely agree with you in that sense because I watched a countdown that Brian Zane put out today. He was ranking all of rest of uh, Taker's Mania matches, and he put that at like five, like above the Batista match. Yeah, above I believe the first Triple H match. Like I understand, I completely agree with you that it was very impressive to do what they did in those particular circumstances. But you know, it's not tremendous on its own but i personally feel the way you feel about that match completely depends about how you feel about metallica post load era you know what i mean (laughs) that's 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 apt that's apt that's absolutely true is fuel on my playlist absolutely (laughs) (laughs) i will say it's it's pretty it's cheesy but it's a pretty sweet way that the match ends (laughs) undertaker driving off on the bike I will also say, just by comparison, just in comparison to other matches that are, or moments that we've seen throughout the WWE history, it does feel like... So I would put this on a level of... Like, do you remember the Booker T. Austin in a grocery store? Scrap? That's one of the best uh, segments in SmackDown history. Right. So I would put this on par with that. Like, a great... It would be fantastic on, like, a SmackDown or a Raw. And at a WrestleMania, it's really, really cool. It's a cool moment. But is it in like the top tier WrestleMania moments for me? Not in comparison to what the company would say. Well, well, two points to that. Personally, I think the grocery store fight is way better. Price check on a jackass. It's freaking... Oh my God. So it's, it's, oh, I love that so much. Uh, my second point is that match kind of only works in the context of that situation. But the other cinematic match 
of that weekend works in any context, you know? The Firefly Funhouse, it can work in any particular time because it's a dismantling of John Cena's career. And I completely agree that it's not as deep as people like to put it because people prefer the Boneyard match over the Firefly Funhouse match, and those people are wrong. (laughs) I would say... There is a very interesting comparison to be made between them in that the Boneyard match is embraces, in a sense, embraces all the silliness of wrestling and the way that the world of wrestling works. The laws that basically create the, the way you seam up the stories in wrestling, the tropes and all that stuff. Whereas the Boneyard match seemingly is trying to go beyond the tropes and do something different in that field of wrestling. In that vacuum, in that in that way of storytelling, is trying to do tell tell stories in a different manner, in a similar sense to like like you and I have talked about like Pulp Fiction, in that how seeing that film, having seen movies are for seemingly our whole lives, and then seeing that film, you're like, okay, stories can be told in a different manner, and with somewhat different rules, and I feel like the Firefly Funhouse match is an example of that. I would say. In that sense, that's where they kind of are different. It's just like one is very much embracing the history, of it, the the style of wrestling that we're all familiar with and we love, um, while as one is kind of trying to do something very, very different and unique with that world and create something new. And both can be appreciated. I think I might prefer the Firefly Funhouse match, just especially based on like because it is so much deep lore. If you ask me, it's not even a contest. Just yeah. because the actors are way better, the settings way better, the content is way better. But I will give the Boneyard match this. It did birth my favorite wrestling meme. Because it has the frame of The Undertaker standing behind AJ Styles. Uh, that that, that yeah. is, if I can, if I can quote uh, Mr. McMahon here, that's good shit. Yeah. it's And also like AJ just coming out of the grave, just laughing. That's just animated. That's, that's, you can use that forever. That's, that's great stuff. Alrighty. So I will be definitely getting a lot of hate for uh, my first pick. The most overrated WrestleMania match in history is Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I understand that these two are probably the best wrestlers maybe ever. Definitely of the 20th century. But it's 60 minutes of no pinfalls in a match that promised a bunch of pinfalls. And while it is still very technically sound, you are waiting more than an hour because they have to go to sudden death for the climax of this match. And we have seen Iron Man matches subsequently with a 30-minute time limit or even a 60-minute time limit that are so much just more engaging and more... Uh, it's like comparing the Money in the Bank ladder match to the original uh, ladder match. I understand its cultural importance and I understand the importance in both men's careers. But as a sit-down-and-watch match, if I'm going to pick a 60-minute match to watch, I'm going to go watch Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson before I watch... Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. That's just, that's how I feel in my heart. I will watch the last 10 minutes of that match. Absolutely. Any day of the week. But I just, I can't sit through that entire hour without looking at my phone or trying to, you know, entertain myself. And that's not something I should necessarily have to do in a wrestling match. Again, I appreciate the value of it and the honestly just cardio achievement it is to work for 60 minutes. But as a wrestling match... Yeah, I would say so that's a very interesting pick and a very very cool pick to have as far as overrated picks especially 
however many years on that we are from it. So looking at that match, I actually have an HBK figure from that match, I think. I think it's that match. The tights are awesome. Yeah. So that match in and of itself, I think, much like you pointed out, in terms of the context of the way the world was, especially with wrestling at the time, so for them to have that kind of match with that particular feud at WrestleMania, an hour-long match, yeah, that was crazy and intense at the time, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that were really, you know, engaged with it because it's HBK at the height of what he was, or achieving his boyhood dream, as we as they say, and Bret Hart, and Bret Hart was seemingly, you know, just perennially cool. So it seemed like for the time, and I understand, like you said, I understand why it's tops a lot of lists or at least is in the top 10 for a lot of lists like wrestlemania moments and matches and all that that said watching it i imagine given that it's one of the earlier hour-long broadway matches that they seem to have had on that level for the company it does show the signs of being one of the early ones where they're still trying to figure out how to make that match interesting and to be honest with you hour-long matches are really really hard it seems like for WWE to make compelling. And e- and even in a match that didn't have any pinfalls, Shawn Michaels has had a better hour-long match. It's not entirely an hour, to be fair, but it takes up the last hour of Raw. It's the London it's the London match that I talked about on the first episode between him and John Cena. I will watch that match a million times before I watch the Iron Man match. So that's my two cents. Don't kill me. Or if you do, make it quick. You know what? Now that you mention it, I do... Now that you mentioned that match in particular, it's not a WrestleMania match that I'm thinking of, but I do want to go back and watch John Cena versus Randy Orton at Bragging Rights because that was an hour-long match. And in my memory, that match is killer. But I want to see it now, 10 years on, just to see, does that match still hold up for a whole hour? Or is it as meh as some of my much older peers would say it is? Absolutely. So uh, transitioning from my hot take, what's your next hot take? So as far as I'll mention an honorable mention in terms of uh, most overrated matches in WrestleMania history. Uh, And this one is, I feel like this is like going to get top heat for me. And I would like to point out at the start that I understand why if you just jump to it, unfortunately. So my honorable mention, the match that I felt was close to being the most overrated match in WrestleMania history was the triple threat at WrestleMania 35 featuring Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey. (gasps) (laughs) Yeah, there goes all my swag. So, (laughs) So here's what I'll say. That match was important for all the right reasons. Very important. And I am beyond happy. That finally, a women's match, main event at WrestleMania. Kieran and I have talked many times about how I feel that there's a lot of things in that in pro wrestling that are just givens that I'm not a huge fan of. Like, it's just a given that the men's world title match has to main event the card. I'm not in love with that idea. And the fact that we finally had a women's match main event a card, that's special and that's awesome. And I am a massive Becky Lynch fan myself. I really, really like the work that Charlotte Flair has done in her WWE career. And Ronda at the time really was impressing me in terms of her in-ring ability for as quickly as she picked it up. So I was really hyped for this match and everything. And I will contend that it is still one of the most important WrestleMania matches of all time, if not the most important match. Where I go, similarly to the Bullion match, where I go and say it's overrated in a sense is... 
if you give the match like WWE has it where it's like the most important or no the be- if you say it is the best WrestleMania match one of the best WrestleMania matches I have to disagree unfortunately because the match itself is really really good up until a point and then the ending itself is a bit of a disaster it's it's very comparable I think to WrestleMania 19's main event that was going sixes and sevens, banger, but then Brock Lesnar almost breaks his neck. Yeah. And that's what we remember. And that's how I feel about the pin. Because it's a fever pitch. It's Becky's moment. And, oh, she that wasn't a three. That looks right. sloppy as hell. Right. And so it's, which is a bummer because those three women were doing great work. There's, there's a fantastic, like, moment in the match where Ronda's talking mad trash to charlotte about her chops and char and charlotte basically because she's taller than everyone else just goes for like a backhanded chop and it hits ronda right across the face and it is the most aggressive power move i've seen by a superstar in a while because it was real just like i oh it, it, it was it was very much the kind of energy you would have as a queen just looking down upon everyone it's a fantastic moment. And also just like it was the moment that many of us Becky Lynch fans have been waiting for because we wanted to see her ascend to the top level because we believed in her much like Kofi Kingston also earlier in the card. We believed in them and their ability to be main eventers and Becky finally had her moment. And so that was excellent. Unfortunately, like I said, if it wasn't for that. And also I must also point out where I kind of, there was a slight begrudging energy for me going into the match because of, the insertion of Charlotte Flair, which is a topic of debate on it, um, of people believing that she as she brings people, she brings eyes to the product, and she deserves to be in the main event because she's Charlotte Flair. And she's had some great WrestleMania matches herself, and she's, in a way, helped carry the company in terms of the women's division. But I found that the way that they went about getting her in the match was not to my liking mainly because it boosted her up but at the same time you had oscar who was had a dominant incredible run a history making run in nxt and was a smackdown women's champion and had just beaten becky lynch in a fantastic match at the rumble a couple months prior but the end of that reign for oscar is a random loss to mandy rose of all reasons as like her first real main roster pinfall loss and then a random match with Charlotte where she loses the title. And she is just relegated to the battle royal at the beginning of which she doesn't even win. And I did not quite like that. It was one of those things for me where it's like, if you're going to make it, if you're going to put more people in this match, I feel like Asuka also would, should deserve to be in that match. Following Kofi Mania didn't do it any favors, particularly because Kofi Mania did not have any noticeable botches like that match did. Its finish was chef's kiss. Perfect. It's, because you got two of the best workers in the world. It's fan, the Kofi Mania moment. Kieran's told me this before. It's like my favorite WrestleMania moment ever. I, I have I find a hard time for anything to top that. And the, yeah, the match itself is really, really good. It's one of the better matches of both Kofi and Daniel Bryan's career. It's a fantastic moment that finds a way to get Rowan involved and the rest of the New Day involved. And it's special. And this moment for uh, Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda was also special. It's just unfortunately because of various different things that happened in the match miscommunications i'm pretty sure ronda actually broke her hand at some point during the match there's just a bunch of different things that unfortunately it didn't quite hold up as strong as it could so it's still a great 
moments, but I would contend it is not the greatest, one of the greatest WrestleMania matches. If you want to watch a fantastic women's triple threat match at WrestleMania, that is, you know, features two of these competitors. I would say watch WrestleMania 32, watch Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch for the new Raw Women's Championship at the time, uh, because that match is the best match on that WrestleMania card. Oh yeah, man! Stole the entire show. Alrighty, so the second most overrated match in WrestleMania history or matches is any Hulk Hogan match from the 1980s. Preach, because brother. Let's let's go down the list here. WrestleMania 1. It's a Gaga Hollywood tag match that, yes, was absolutely necessary for the success of the WWE. And we are not sitting here talking about wrestling or wrestling as we know it without that match. You ever watch it? It's shag ass. It's terrible. And then let's go to WrestleMania 2. Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy. We don't even get to pity the fool in this thing. We just get to watch big meaty men slap meat in all the worst ways possible because... Big meaty men couldn't work back in the 80s for whatever reason. Okay. Better work in the WWF. They were doing a bunch of cool stuff in Japan. This is true. The Hogan's Japan run is well known. Well, no, I'm just talking about like big men in Japan. They were able to do cool stuff. Like, oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Giant Baba, Noki, all that cool stuff. Yeah, well, we, well yeah, WrestleMania 2, that's... The, the way you put it like that, I'm glad I didn't eat before I started this. And then if we keep going, WrestleMania 3. Arguably the most important match in WrestleMania history... But have you ever sat down and watched it? <laughs> Be honest with yourself. Have you? And if you have, did you like it? I didn't. WrestleMania 4 is awesome because it's Randy Savage main eventing. And Hulk, and Hulk Hogan's rematch with Andre the Giant was worse than number 3. When we go to WrestleMania 5, the Mega Powers implode. Arguably the hottest angle of all time. It was the definition of, long, of long-term storytelling. It was told over 18 months. Mm-hmm. But if you watch it, this is going to be the best one out of the ones I'm talking about. But then we get to the Hulk Hogan formula where Randy Savage has been busting ass all night. But then we just get the Hulk up. Body slam, leg drop, let's go home. And that's how they decided to end Randy Savage's reign. Very underwhelming if you ask me. I understand why they did it for the time. But with the with the power of hindsight, you could have worked a little harder there, Terry. WrestleMania six, the ultimate challenge. Again, I understand the levity. I mean the brevity. Levity is a different word. I understand why it's so important. It was the first unification match in Mania history. It was the first time they had two baby faces going against each other in WrestleMania history. That doesn't make it good. It makes it important. It doesn't make it good. Then WrestleMania 7 is just generally considered ass. Same deal with WrestleMania 8 and 9. And then by 10, he's effed off. So prove me wrong. I will not argue against any of that. When I think of, so for instance, when I think of like Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior, I'm thinking, in my head, I think, how did that match even have a finish? <laughs> how? It's, it's just not combust and we like just create like some like vortex in time and space. The thing that annoys me is the finish of that match is a dodge leg drop into a, into a body splash. Ricochet and Mustafa Ali will do that in the first 30 seconds of their freaking match. Like, come on, people. And I know, it was the 80s, it was a different time. Work rate was still a thing in the 80s. Ask Ricky Steamboat. I was just going to say, Ricky had done dives from much higher and hit much harder. And Macho Man had dove across the ring. The year before, dude, if you actually watch Savage and Steamboat, it holds up. Oh, yeah. It holds up so well. Workers right there. That's... 
That's why that title is called the workhorse title. One of the reasons why is because of them. Alrighty, now we're going to go to a little bit more positive. What do you think is an underrated match in WrestleMania history? I would say the most underrated match in WrestleMania history for me, at least for as far as the last 10 years are concerned. AJ Styles, WrestleMania 33, his match against Shane McMahon. I was rooting for AJ in this because I had been rooting for AJ going back as far as the Rumble. No, even before that, but definitely at the Rumble against Cena because of the whole guy from Atlanta thing. Man, I'm I'm such a mark, man. I disagree with you there. See, uh, yeah. I, I might have been the only guy who was psyched to see John Cena win that 16th title. Oh, it was, it was, it was a fantastic match. It might have been the best match of that show. It was either that or Neville and Rashawn. This was a match that a lot of people were like, we have AJ Styles and we're putting him in Shane McMahon. Like, this is not going to be... A lot of people were doubting it going into it. And to be fair, rightfully so. And even since then, a lot of people don't really talk about it. Because when we talk about Shane McMahon's return run at WrestleMania, generally people don't speak too highly of it. And I It opened the show, didn't it? Yes, it did. It was the first match on the card for the uh, for the main card. For the main card, it was the match that opened it. Um, so for me, the match itself, I think, is really good. One of the main reasons is because AJ Styles, especially at that time and still today, has this skill that, and it makes him one again. It's one of the things that makes him phenomenal is that he brings the best out of every competitor he's in the ring with. Everyone has their best match. With AJ Styles. He brought a decent match out of Enzo Amore on an episode of, I think, SmackDown. The dudes just can bring the best out of anyone. So he's in there with Shane, who is pretty much a stunt worker in a sense. There's a way that AJ works that it was able to make a compelling match out of it. He was able to make a match that, even though he has to take Shane McMahon's potato punches and do a bunch of dies and get caught in like Shane McMahon's, like, guillotines or get hit with uh trash cans and stuff like that he makes it work he makes it viable and there's enough back and forth with it and enough cool stunts between the two of them that where he's like you're really compelled shane at one point goes for a shooting star press and you're just like how does this man not die and it, it doesn't look awful it's better than kidman's yeah, he does. Yeah, he's yeah. It's look. It's 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 not Lincecato. It's not Evan Bourne. It's but it's it's not the worst that we've ever seen. Especially it's impressive for a dude that's wearing a big you know baseball jersey and sweatpants. So, but yeah, the match itself like and also like AJ's gear is phenomenal as well. It's a I think it's actually a really really good match that gets a lot of hate because people aren't so fond of Shane McMahon these days. But the match itself is really one of those really good matches. And one of those matches that you definitely want to start your WrestleMania card with. Like a real just crazy match where you got dudes flying all over the place, putting out all the stops. And then by the time it ends, it is kind of like, okay, follow that. I mean, it was better than the main event. It was better than the WWE title match. Depending on what your taste is, it could have been better than the Universal title match. I like car crashes, so I, I quite enjoy Goldberg-Lesnar too at Mania. Honestly, for my money... Probably like two or three on the card. Triple H and Seth is my favorite, but that's just the story. Triple H Seth is a great match. I think that the tag team ladder match is, you know, what more can we say about that? The Hardy's return and it's it's kind of it's a it's a freaking great match and moment. But that's more that's more the moment. Yeah. The ma- well, a ladder match is gonna be good. You see Jeff jump off jump off of something tall. As far as a working match, I see where you're coming from. Honestly, thinking about it, probably one of AJ's better WrestleMania performances, unfortunately. It's absolutely insane to me that AJ Styles and Shane McMahon 
is eons ahead of AJ Styles and Shinsuke. I'm sorry, fucking Nakamura. <laughs> yeah. The energy in the universe apparently just wasn't right for that 34 match. and Which is a shame because I think everyone going into it was like, oh, this is going to steal the show. The booking was crap. Yeah. Kick, kicks in the dick never work out on a Mania stage, if you ask me. My first pick for an underrated match, it, it also involves a McMahon. It's Mr. McMahon versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 22. And the only reason I don't think that this gets talked about a lot is because of the other weapons match earlier in the card. That's Mick Foley and Edge. Personally, top five WrestleMania matches of all time for me. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, that hardcore wow. match is Mick Foley's undisputed WrestleMania moment. But it did kind of lessen the impact of the street fight between Mr. McMahon and Shawn Michaels. But that match is just a bunch of wacky, nonsense spots. And personally, I like watching Mr. McMahon get hurt because we know how bad of a person he is. The original plan for uh, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 22, most people know this, was Shawn Michaels versus Eddie Guerrero. Clearly, that's the match that everybody would like to see. But, you know, life has other plans and life isn't fair. Personally, if we're just going to go stupid with it in the other direction, this is the best way we could have gone. Who else was there for Shawn, if you think about it? Wasn't Shelton in the Money in the Bank match? Shelton was in that Money in the Bank match. Ray was in the world title match. You know, Batista's hurt. Taker's busy with Henry. Who else is he going to work? Yes, and Triple H at the time was feuding with John Cena. Yeah. McMahon goes through a lot in that match, by God. HBK actually goes through a lot in that match. Shane takes some crazy bumps. The Spirit Squad are involved at one point. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I forgot about that. There's, like I said, it's the... It's, it's, Wrestling in 2006 for the WWE, it's everything about it. Final pick of the night, what's your other underrated mating match? I would say my other underrated match would be the triple threat ladder match that took place between John Morrison, Jimmy Uso, and Kofi Kingston for the tag titles. So we have this triple threat match that is, again, this seemingly like a mess and it still feels a little bit thrown together and it's a ladder match and circumstances are what they are. But what you have is three fantastic competitors and professional wrestlers in Kofi Kingston and Jimmy Uso and John Morrison basically putting out all the stops in a crowdless show, which you would think wouldn't play well. And as we saw in that card in matches prior and even matches after, not having a crowd does have an effect on the match quality. It seemed like the not having a crowd did have an effect on how just the viewing experience was for the match. One of the bigger ones would be Edge and Orton as well. With this match, I think more than any others that took place in the silent venue, this is one that you can that is the far by far the most entertaining to watch with even without a crowd. Because again, you have the creativity of guys like Jimmy Uso and John Morrison and Kofi Kingston doing incredible and you know first time things with ladders. That it's kind of like yeah, why are we not having? Ladder matches at every WrestleMania is one of those reminders because we went in a long stretch where we didn't have some. I think it's underrated because it's a fantastic triple threat ladder match. It's one of those, there's a lot of ladder matches that go unspoken of throughout history for WWE. And this is, I think it's going to be one of them, but it is a fantastic treat to watch. If you have not watched it, please go see it. And I would say also it is without hyperbole, unfortunately, the best John Morrison match that he got in his return to WWE. My uh, honorable mention for underrated, I was bouncing between this and CM Punk versus Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania 26, which is still a really great match. Has a really cool story, actually. It just I just think the wrong person won. 
perfectly honest, I understand you want to send your crown home happy, but I think it could have extended the story better if Punk won. But I ended up choosing the uh, Intercontinental title ladder match from WrestleMania 32. Because as we discussed earlier, the match of the night is clearly the women's triple threat. They steal the show, but I think it's a little unfair to not at least mention the uh, Intercontinental ladder match. Because what was not to like about it? You get the continuation of the fight forever between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And, you know, it's a ladder match. Kevin Owens gonna die. Oh, we should also point out that Sammy was just in a war with the debuting Nakamura. On the a night before. War. Man, I'm really excited for him to lose to Johnny Knoxville. I, <laughs> this is gonna get published after. I think I'm gonna be right. Oh, gosh. The finish to the match is beautiful. It's Zack Ryder winning. Who in their right mind would have thought Zack Ryder would have won the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania... And by all accounts, I had a friend who went to WrestleMania. There was quite a bit of woo-woo-woos going on that night. Oh, yeah, because people, especially then, also, it was like Zack Ryder is one of those performers, speaking of underrated, that seemingly everyone was behind, you know, that matters for us in terms of fans. But it just seemed like to be, you know, behind the scenes that might not have been such the case. So him having that moment is fantastic. And as far as burying Ryder for however many times they did it, at least burying Ryder the next night on Raw turned into the best thing that happened to the Intercontinental Championship in the last 10 years. Yeah, he, the next night on Raw, much like, I believe, Jinder Mahal many years later, would lose his mid-card title to a performer. In, in the case of Mahal, it was Jeff Hardy. And this kick-started the return of Maurice as well. And the Miz historic reign with the Intercontinental title and feuds that he would have with the likes of uh, Dolph Ziggler and Dean Ambrose and it was great but yeah pretty much almost immediately Zack Ryder was taken out of Titus O'Neil kisses his son on the lips <laughs> and so that's uh, that's what I remember so uh, so yeah uh, yeah unfortunately like that was the US title I'm sorry yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a whole thing There's, it's a weird time it was an interesting time yeah absolutely and I think just that match in a vacuum is very entertaining to watch it's a typical multi-man ladder match with very talented performers because WWE might be creatively bankrupt but they still have some of the best wrestlers on the planet and if you let wrestlers go out there and wrestle it's gonna be kind of cool and it's one of those things too, where it's because it's those, it's because it's those specific wrestlers, those like your Kevin Owens, your Stardust, your Sami Zayn's, because and Zack Ryder's and Sinkars, because it's the ones that are not getting a whole lot of time when they eventually get their match, like they're going to try and still so just based out of pure spite, like like you're not gonna book us regularly, but now we're just gonna throw us in this as throwaways and like, okay, we'll watch them put on the best match of the card. It's something that repeats itself throughout history. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with uh, me and Justice. I appreciate you giving us your ears. Please follow us on uh, Twitter. Give us a subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. We're available on Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts as well. Stay cool. I'm gonna retry that exit. <laughs> 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 All righty, check you later.